Whether you're a badass entrepreneur, unstoppable stay-at-home mom, or anything in between, if you want to bring the best of everything you do, you've got to have the skills to think, feel, and be mentally strong and damn resilient. And the podcast, Mentally Stronger, with therapist Amy Moran, who I've actually had on my show, is filled with stories, struggles, and strategies to help you become the strongest and best absolute version of yourself. Now, Amy Moran is a psychotherapist, international best-selling author, and TEDx speaker with more than 23 million views. And her podcast, guys, is jam-packed full of mentally strength-building tools and tricks that couldn't be more actionable or practical. So tune in to Mentally Strong with therapist Amy Moran and build the mental strength you need to become your best. Feel the pain. Be able to say moving forward, if a person treats me in a way that is similar to what I just experienced, because I've allowed myself to feel the pain of how it actually feels on the inside, I'm going to draw a line and say it ends here. Najwa, welcome back to Women of Impact. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Oh my God. The feedback we got from your last episode was just absolutely freaking phenomenal. And reading your new book, there was one thing that hit me so hard. I had to start here and I just want to read an extract from your book. You should never be okay with being treated that badly. You should never be okay with being betrayed. You should never be okay with having someone you trusted so much turn around and treat you as if you never meant anything to mm-hmm. them. You should never be okay with that. Mm-hmm. I'm getting emotional just reading it. Can you talk to me about that yes. quote? What led to it? When someone hurts us or walks away from us, we believe that strength is showing that that didn't hurt us or strength is getting over that faster than they got over us or whatever Mm. it is we struggle with why does it hurt so much and so i started that by saying the the few words before that it hurts because they meant something to you it hurts because you saw a future with them because you shared memories with them of course it's going to hurt and you should never ever pretend to be okay with being mistreated, with being lied to, with being treated as if you never existed in that person's life. Not being okay with it doesn't mean that you're weak. It means that you are actually using your emotions. No human would not react to someone treating them badly. Don't push yourself to a point where you gaslight yourself out of your own pain oh go deeper on that like don't talk yourself out of feeling how bad that pain is don't tell yourself well you know what other people have it worse or if i show in any way not that i'm saying go public and share how much you're struggling but go public within go public within yourself and be able to say this experience is hard and it's going to take some time for me to heal from it When I say don't gaslight yourself, I mean don't be that person that tells you it wasn't bad enough. It could have been worse. You were saved, you know? What if it lasted for a year longer or for two years longer? That's all gaslighting. Don't be the person who does that to yourself. Feel the pain. Be able to say, 
moving forward, if a person treats me in a way that is similar to what I just experienced, because I've allowed myself to feel the pain of how it actually feels on the inside, I'm going to draw a line and say it ends here. If you don't allow yourself to do that, you'll continue falling into the same mistake until you learn the lesson it's meant to teach you. Oh my God! <laughs> God, that was so strong. You hit me so hard. And as you were talking, it made me think about how saying, no, 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 it's okay, um, ends up becoming a, um, a value of how much we, we find ourselves worthy. Absolutely. So actually talk to me about that and about yeah. how we tell ourselves what we're worth by yes. saying it's okay. Yeah. So when you don't give yourself permission to experience any kind of emotion, you are not living from a place of, I believe I have this much worth. Mm -hmm. The best example I can give you is this to anyone listening as well. If a friend of yours went through a heartbreak, would you tell that friend of yours, just, let's just, just get over it. It's fine. You know, let's just distract ourselves by doing something else. Or do you look at your friend and say, you know what? That was a really hard experience you went through. Do you want to talk about it? Mm -hmm. Do you want to rest for the night? Do you want to maybe go on a trip where we could be far away and you could just gather your thoughts? Because you believe that your friend deserves that. Why don't you believe that you deserve that? Why do you believe that the best thing you can do right now is get up, find something to do, distract yourself, maybe achieve something in another area in your life, but that pain, you just tuck it away. You bury it. So it's okay for you to, you know, take that energy that you have and say, I'm going to create something with it. Mm. That's beautiful. That's what many of us do. I do that. I write. But don't do that at the expense of feeling, releasing, expressing, screaming, feeling angry. Don't curb all of that mm. and say, if I can create something, I'll feel good about myself and this pain will go away. It will not go away. In Welcome Home, I wrote, and in the nectar of pain, when pain knocks on your door, let it in. Sit with it have tea with it. You need to do that. You need to open the door within yourself to feel the pain that is already within you. There's one part in Welcome Home where I, 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 wrote, I talked about this analogy and I said, you know, when pain knocks on your door, if you keep it at the door, yeah, it might stay there for a while, but you're adapting your life to noise in the background. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, that door is actually not outside of you. That door is within you. Mm -hmm. The pain is there. It's just asking you to release it in some way so that it could leave you. And I just found that so powerful. Pain isn't external to you. That's so powerful. Um, you're very open, very vulnerable in the book, which I think is so beautiful. You talk about Thank your own you. experiences. And it's very powerful to hear someone who has done the internal work, has been doing this for years and finding yourself, okay, so it's, it's an evolution. You're never one and done. And so hearing about your experiences with other, you know, other men in your life and how you then navigated that in not beating yourself up, that mm -hmm. you find yourself there again. And I know a lot of women do. Yes. Um, 
And so I, I believe, and I'd love to hear from you, that it becomes about self-worth, about mm-hmm. what you think about yourself and how you feel about yourself and allowing you use the, the home as the analogy. And I believe you say, when you build your home in other people, you give, give them, them the, the power, power to, to make, make us homeless. homeless. Yes. That was so beautiful. Yeah. So now saying, okay, well, I don't want to be homeless. I want to own my power, which I think means then I have to assess my worth, how I see my worth, where I give my worth to other people, where mm-hmm. I give that the power to other people. Because when we find things like rejection, we go straight to, well, this must mean I'm not worthy. And mm-hmm. you talk about the fact that we search for the proof that we are not worthy. Mm-hmm. So please talk to yes. me about that. So these are the words that actually gave birth to Welcome Home. The biggest mistake we make is that we build our homes and other people. We build those homes and we decorate them with the care and love and kindness, everything that we want to come home to at the end of the day. So when those people walk away, those homes walk away with them and all of a sudden we feel empty. And that emptiness we feel on the inside doesn't mean this is the most important part. The emptiness we feel on the inside doesn't mean that we have nothing left within us. It just means that what we created, we placed outside of us. And if we were able to create it once, we are able to create it once again and put it within. So when a relationship ends and you find yourself struggling to find someone else who will tell you, you deserve love, So that you could tell yourself, oh, if someone loves me, then I deserve love. Instead of saying, I'm going to take some time and understand why I allowed myself to abandon myself so much that once that person walked away, I literally couldn't even be with myself. That's what being homeless is. You couldn't even see the path back to being alone with yourself. You just couldn't stand it. You started craving what you had with that person. So the foundation of your home is self-acceptance and self-awareness. Once you have those two elements, you can build whatever home you want within. Mm. But if you're not aware of who you are, and if you're not in full, radical acceptance of who you are, you cannot have a home within because you are building a home for someone you don't know. Okay, so I want right? in real time, can you give me an actual example? Because at least how yes. I process things is when I read your book, you give your own story. Yes. And you, giving your story and then how you processed it was so yeah. powerful to me. So if you don't mind yeah. sharing that. So I'm going to take you to a moment when I was feeling really down because this person that I was interested in and who was interested in me as well, but I was really confused. I didn't know what was going on. And, and the reason I connected with this person was that I saw sorrow in him the first time I met him. I remember as I was sitting down, the way that he got up to greet me, I immediately felt in my soul sorrow. And I connected with him. And... You know, over time, we would have these conversations, like really deep conversations, and I grew to care for him in a way where it was like, you know, I, I want to lift you up. I want you mm. to see your worth. I want you to see that, you know, you can get out of what you experienced in your past relationships and your hardships. And so my connection, looking back at it now, it was that I wanted to save him. 
because that made you feel good about yourself made me feel good about myself that's the notion of building a home within another person Mm -hmm. because you you believe that you on your own don't deserve love unless you do something to get that love so in this case what that something is i'm saving you i'm believing in you Mm. i'm seeing something in you so i add one more thing then actually also there's something too Almost saying, well, my past, now I can use it for good. Yes. So all the hardship and heartbreak that you've experienced in your past almost allows you to go, oh, but see, this is why it was great. And in a way, it's toxic. And in a way, it's manipulative. And I want every person listening to this who identifies as an empath and as a people pleaser to take that to heart, please. Just because you expend so much of your time and love and energy trying to help someone and save them and go out of your way and do whatever it is that you need to do to save them and to love them. I know it's hard to hear, but they don't owe you that in return if you've chosen to give it freely. Because we hurt after giving so much and we're like, well, don't I deserve something in return? Like, I tried so hard, and that is toxic, and that is manipulative, and I've even identified that within myself. I catch myself when that happens, and it's just because I think, you know, I give so much. Like, how could you treat me this way? And then I think, let me separate what I've chosen to give you from what you've chosen to reciprocate. And I can say, instead of saying, you owe me, to treat me the same way I treated you, I could say, this is how I deserve to be treated. And if they choose to continue treating you in a way that you don't accept, you walk away. Instead of staying there, begging them to treat you right, or begging them to reciprocate to you what you have given them, right? So let me take you back to the story, because it's still in my head. So I'm sitting there in a moment when I sensed that he had pulled away and it was a pattern. He would open up to me and have these deep conversations with me. And then as soon as he would sense that we were, you know, developing feelings towards each other, he would just pull away and I would feel it immediately, even though, you know, it was mostly through text and calls and sometimes we would meet for coffee and stuff. I would feel Mm. it. I just knew. So I'm sitting there feeling so down about myself and just feeling like, why isn't he texting me? Why isn't he calling me? Like, I didn't say anything wrong. Yesterday he was happy. And what happened now? And I was like confused because I didn't know. It was kind of like, from his point of view, I open the door to you when I want, to you speaking to me kindly and nicely and believing in me and saving me. But when I shut that door, mm. you know, I, I just won't tell you when and I'm, I don't care about how you feel. And I'm miserable. And this was a few years ago and I'm just thinking to myself, Nejwa, why haven't you answered your own call? Why are you waiting for a call or a text to tell you you're worthy? Like you're feeling so miserable and so empty and so depleted and so weak because someone chose not to figuratively 
and literally answer your call? Why haven't you answered your call? So if you notice in the self-love chapter, one of the gems that I use is answer your own call for love. When you need love, don't sit there on the floor in your bathtub, in your bedroom, with your phone by your side, waiting for someone to magically write a couple of words. You see their name on your screen. <laughs> and I know people listening can identify with this. And all of a sudden you feel great and you can get up and you have all the energy in the world. Why can't you do that for yourself? When you believe that you deserve full and whole love, and I'm saying that to myself in that moment, when you believe that you deserve full, whole, clear, open love, that's without condition, that's without, you know, it's not dependent on the person's mood. <laughs> it's not dependent on what they're going through. Love. You can draw a boundary with me if you're going through a hard time. Don't disrespect me if you're going through a hard time. You can draw a boundary with me if you're having a hard time. Don't take all of your stresses and out on me. You can tell me I need space. And in that moment, what I was doing was I was allowing everything that he was going through to be, you know, that's an exception. You know, I would listen to friends talking to, up to me about their stories. And, and I, if they had told me something like what I was going through, you know, with this person who I refer to as Noah in Welcome Home, I would have said to them, no, leave. But in my view, that was the exception. I could understand him. I knew what he was going through. But to anyone listening, you don't deserve someone's burdens to be placed on your back for them to believe that you actually love them. You don't have to allow someone to just completely demolish your image of who you are and your image of your self-worth and your understanding of self-worth just because they're going through a hard time or just because, you know, once that pain starts spilling on other people, that's, that's not kind. The price of someone loving you should not be you not loving you. The price of someone loving you should not be you expending everything that you have within to lift them up or save them or they should be able to love you without you doing all of that stuff. You know, I hear people talk sometimes and they're like, we went through awful times or, you know, someone will say, she went through the most difficult times with me. I really mistreated her. I really did this. I really did that. And she stayed. And, and now I see like, she really loves me. And I'm mm. like, you didn't need to have her go through all of that to prove to you that she really loves you. Oh God, that's so strong and vice versa, right? Like you even say, well, if I love him, then of course I'm gonna stick it out. Of yeah. course I'll do this. So in my experience, mm. I thought waiting around and making sure that, you know, he was comfortable, that he was happy, that basically the power dynamic of our communication was in his hands. When really what I should have done was be honest with myself and say, what am I looking for at this point in my life? I want a relationship where it's open, there's communication, there's, 
you know, there isn't these little games or being confused or, you know, trying to guilt the other person for, for what you're experiencing, mm -hmm. where there isn't any of that. And, and I, would, I would gaslight myself by saying, but, you know, but, but he's not ready for that. So, so I, I just, I waited around for a little bit and I shouldn't have done that. Mm -hmm. I should not have done that. That came from a place of literally just seeing that the only person I could have that with was this person who I, in retrospect, barely knew. It was more that connection of sorrow that I had with him. And is that why you say self-awareness is one of the very first Absolutely. things that you need to do to build yeah. your house, your, the foundation of your yes. house? You have to be aware of why you are the way that you are, why you behave the way that you behave and why you connect with people the way that you do. Like if I see something in you, that's a reflection of me, mm. right? Interesting. I was reading um, a book and, and there was a story of a little girl who is in the airport and there's a guy waiting for, um, they're all waiting for the same flight and it was delayed for weather circumstances and the guy is like getting really upset and the little girl goes up to him and like starts making silly faces and he just says, go away. And then the little girl comes back around and smiles again. <laughs> and, you know, the third or fourth time he broke down and started laughing. And so what they're saying in the book is you treat people based on your worldview. This mm. little girl's worldview was everybody's nice, everybody's kind. I'm going to keep trying to get that out of him. That's what we do. When, when someone mm. that you are, whether it's a friend or somebody you're in a relationship with, you view the world in a certain way. You can't, for some reason, accept that maybe that is who they are. Maybe the way they're treating you is actually who they are. Why do you need to try 10, 15, 20 different times until you're convinced that that is who they are? Why do you think we do that? Is it the hope or the, the dream that we have of what we want from life? And so we put that on the other person? Yeah. I think it's, it's a mix of all of that, plus how you view life mm -hmm. and how you view people. If you genuinely believe that people cannot be bad people, you will continue to try to prove that this person is a good person. Mm -hmm. And you, so you will give, offer them opportunities and you will keep trying because you're not accepting that they're showing you that even though they might not be a bad person, this is what they're able to give you right now. We build people up in our minds to be a lot bigger than they actually are. And that's a reflection of us, mm -hmm. right? It's a reflection of how we've defined the world around us and how we've defined ourselves. So to be self-aware means that not only do you understand your life history of what brought you to be who you are today, but that you're also aware that the way that you react to your environment right now is not definite truth. <laughs> so, for example, somebody, you know, opened the door and closed it in your face. It could have been an accident. But if you genuinely believe that they did it on purpose, because maybe you've experienced that in the past or maybe your self-esteem is really low. You have to stop yourself before you go to that conclusion and say, is that really true though? And how would I know? Can I just say, 
it really hurt my feelings that someone closed the door in my face, you know, without paying attention that I'm, 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 you know, walking behind them and just leave it at that and not make it mean something about mm -hmm. you. That self-awareness is really important. You have to be aware of your triggers. You have to be aware of the patterns that your triggers lead you to. Okay. Ooh, yeah, so I'm going to give you an example. Yeah. So, so many people will be able to relate to this. You're in a relationship with someone or you're dating someone or whatever. You sense they're pulling away. What do you do? Most people will try harder, yes. right? In that moment, what did you feel? That someone's abandoning you. You will do anything to make sure you don't feel the pain of abandonment. Is it really about them walking away or is it about you wanting to believe that you deserve to be held on to? So you will do whatever it takes to make sure that that person comes back. And the harder you try, the faster they're going to run because nobody likes to be, you know, held this way. But so when you sense yourself acting from a place of fear, I'm afraid that someone's going to leave. I'm afraid that someone is going to think badly of me, say it's a workplace setting or they're going to think I'm not equipped enough with, you know, whatever qualifications. So you try harder. When you find yourself, catch yourself acting from a place of fear, then you say, I'm going to go down that, I know myself, I'm going to go down that path of trying harder, betraying myself, abandoning myself to make sure that someone else doesn't abandon me. So the next time I feel that, I'm going to sit with it, and I'm going to recognize it, and I'm going to choose to not take that path. You have to learn how to break that pattern. Self-awareness is so important. When you continue living your life without that awareness piece, it's the same chapter repeating itself. That's your life. You're repeating the same thing over and over and over, and time is going by. Mm -hmm. You're not growing. Your self-worth is not getting any better. Your self-esteem is not getting any better. You're not working on the things you need to work on. You don't know who you are. So once you become aware of yourself, historically and in the moment, you're golden. My God, I love that. I love that. And then also you say self-acceptance. And I literally yes. laughed out loud in the book where you say, but make sure you actually know who you're accepting. Yes. I was like, that's so right. It's so true. Yep. Talk to me a bit about that. So many people will say, will think accepting yourself means I'm able to be whoever I want to be, wherever I, and I don't really care how people, you know, perceive that. Like yesterday I was at the airport and the guy sitting next to me was so loud and I was on the phone and the airport was really, really busy. So there's not many places you can, you know, go and talk. Mm -hmm. And he was really loud, like really loud. Some people think that's self-acceptance, that you're able to just mm -hmm. do whatever you want and you don't care. And so in Welcome Home, I say, I believe that's indifference. That's not self-acceptance, because if you make self-acceptance about you know, not caring if the world accepts you, that's different from saying self-acceptance means I accept myself. Mm. Being indifferent to the world around you or not caring whether they accept you or not, that's a byproduct of that. That's not the end goal. 
if you don't know yourself, you can't accept yourself because you don't know who you're accepting. So how do you know yourself? You ask yourself the questions that you seek the answers to from the outside. Who am I? When was the last time you looked in the mirror and said, Lisa, who are you? God, I don't know if I ever have. Right? <clears throat> it's a difficult question. But if you sit with it for a little bit, who are you? Ask yourself that question. Ask yourself, why do I believe what I believe? Why do I live my life the way that I do? Why am I scared of X, Y, and Z? Why, why am I in university or college for this program? Mm. Just ask yourself these questions. That's how you know yourself. Don't seek the answers from the external world. So many of us, what we do, and I did this for a long time, I did what my parents wanted me to do. I did what culture and religion wanted me to do. I went to university for science, hated it. But I did it because my parents told me that, you know, that's, and, and I'm not talking badly about them. Mm -hmm. I think they thought if she could get a job as a dentist, that would be great for her future. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> did I want that though? I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know who I was. I didn't even, my definition of who I was was labels. I'm a good daughter. I'm a good sister. I'm a good student. I'm a good Muslim. I'm a good woman. I'm a good, just all these labels. But that's not actually me. Those labels were given to me from the external world. I didn't know who I was or, who I, or what I wanted in life, what I believed to be the right path for me. I didn't know any of that. And I believe most people don't know that either about themselves. And you were holding on to those labels that were given to you from external people mm -hmm. as a way of um, validating yourself? Yes. Because I derived my self-worth 100% from the outer world. If I could be a good student with high grades, that makes me feel good. If I could please my parents, that makes me feel good. If I could please God, that makes me feel good. If I could please the stranger on the street who, you know, needed money, that makes me feel like a good person. The inside part of, you know, would I actually do this if there wasn't a reward of someone loving me or a reward of someone perceiving me as smart or as a good person? Would I do it? I wouldn't have gone to school for science. I wouldn't have worn a hijab for as long as I did. I wouldn't have lived the lifestyle that I lived for so long had I asked myself, is this really what you want and why? Because it was always attached to, I want this because this is the right thing to do. According to who? Not according to me. According to what I was taught. Right. Right? What up, guys? Now I'm going to share something with you. I can sometimes have a tendency to overthink, question myself, and sometimes, or maybe very often, doubt the decisions I've made until my mind just starts spiralling. 
round and round. Does that sound familiar? Well, let's face it, when it comes to hiring people on your team, the pressure to make the right choice, the right hire and the right person is even bigger. The stakes are so freaking high, so you need to actually make sure that you have the right tools to help you find the right people so that your team can actually have clarity and work with utter confidence. And that's why, honestly, you've got to go check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion, let me repeat that, a billion with a B, professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals that you can't find anywhere else. And their simple tools make it so easy for you to filter candidates that actually have the skills and experience you are looking for, which saves you time. It's the one thing you're never going to get back is time. So hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. It's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 20 four hours. It's exactly why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So guys, go check them out. LinkedIn jobs can actually help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So go and post your job for absolutely free guys at linkedin.com slash Lisa. Once again, guys, that's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. When you're working really hard to build the freaking amazing life and career that you want, it's sadly really easy to push your health needs to the back burner. And guys, listen, I totally get it because not all that long ago, that was me. I put everything into my business, everything into my goals and my family. And yep, I totally ignored my own health and wellness. And so I just learned the very hard way that putting your well-being first is actually the key to being a confident Unfreaking stoppable badass in everything that you do. So, my homie, put yourself first and get mentally and physically strong with Allo Moves, your go to app for everything from meditation to yoga to strength training to hit and so much more. And I love how Allo Moves has such a wide variety of class types and levels to keep you motivated with whatever you need on your journey. No matter what your path is, it's time to make a move with Allo Moves. So right now, guys, you can go and get a free 30-day Allo Moves subscription by going to allomoves.com and use code WOI30. That's Allo, A-L-O, moves.com, code WOI30 in all caps. Allomoves.com, code WOI30, all caps. When you're out there trying to build and grow your business, but you have so much going on in other areas of your life, be it with your family or your romantic partner or your homies, whatever else you've got going on, you need to be using the best tools available to save time and actually see growth in your company this year, right? And that's why, guys, I really recommend that you go and check out Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell every stage of your business. Whether you're just starting out, selling badass necklaces online, or scaling your high-end beauty products to physical stores, Shopify's got you covered, my homie, and their award-winning customer support is ready to help you at every step of your journey. Because let's face it, when you get stuck, you need help. Now, what I love about Shopify is that you can make the most of your time and sell more with less effort. Who doesn't love that? Now you actually have time for self-care, which, let's face it, is super freaking important. Now, with this built-in AI and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to take your business to the next level. It's actually no surprise, guys, that Shopify powers 10% of all, all e-commerce in the US. 
That's insane. So sign up for only $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa, all lowercase. Again, go to shopify.com slash Lisa. Now grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Lisa. So like the same with myself and religion. I was 21 when I met my husband on our first date. I'm Greek Orthodox and he turns around just seriously nonchalantly and he's like, (laughs) oh, so you know, why do you believe in God? I was like, "Uh, because my dad told me to at 21 years old. So going to what you're saying of the power of the belief system that we have that we do not question, that is something that Mm -hmm. I think is so freaking important because even when people aren't looking, sometimes we do things, but does it actually align with the person we want to be? Yes. So when you were saying, because my dad told me, you believed what your dad told you because you've attached your dad's being pleased with you or your dad loving you or perceiving you as a good daughter by you listening to what he says, right? So it's not that you actually believed it because you actually believe it, but it's because Mm. it's attached in a way to belonging somewhere. That's fascinating. I love these nuances, girl. I love this because as you're talking, it's the fact that I didn't believe that I could question it. Yes. That was the thing. So yes. it was like, I took it as truth, 100%. I took it as truth from my dad because I very much admire and yes. love him. But my entire family, everybody, my entire community, the Greek Orthodox community, if you even question whether this belief is right or true to you, even in just the questioning of it um, is absolutely sacrilege. Yes. This is where we have to be self-aware. This is where we have to be um, self-accepting in order to build that foundation. Because if you go out into the world and you find people that are, you know, you get in unhealthy relationships Mm -hmm. or things like that, if at least you have the foundation, then you've always got that to go back to. Yes. There's a part in Welcome Home, you definitely read this part, where I talk about the pain of leaving that office. Mm -hmm. And I say... You know, I, I can't tell you what the worst pain was. The lies that were told about me, being told that I was a liar. All, I list all these things. And I say, I say, the most painful thing was that when I left that room, I didn't know who I was. Because all of my belief before that was, I'm a good person. I'm honest. I'm someone who doesn't lie. I'm someone who experienced this story and now I'm walking out of there being told no that's not you I didn't know who I was and after that could you give the just people who may not know the context yes so it was I was referring to an investigation that I went through where I was told that things I said were not true and were not bad enough and against another individual against another person and you know, it was multiple people who said that I lied or made up lies about me that weren't true to paint me in a in a bad, you know, light. And it completely broke me to see people who I trusted very much and people who I treated very well and very mm-hmm. nicely and with respect turn around and, and say those things about me. That broke me. 
it broke me. I had no idea who I was when I left there because... Even though you knew you didn't lie. Even though I knew I didn't lie, but because I allowed my view of who I was to be shaped by what the world told me, including those people, instead of being able to stand in my truth and say, I know I said the truth, I was in tears. And, and it made me question things. It made me go back and relive everything. Did I? Did it? Did, did this really happen? Did You were gaslighting yeah, yourself. Did. I was, just like they had ga- gaslighted me. Because I had proof and I was still questioning myself. So that image of being the good person that I believed I was at that point, who never lied, who was a victim at that point, mm-hmm. in my view. I don't see myself as a victim now. I'm a lot you know, wiser and I see things differently. But at that point, I saw myself as so powerless, so weak, so helpless. I went through probably a midlife crisis at that point because I genuinely did not know who Nejwa was. I didn't. And now I was forced, thankfully, I'm very grateful for that, to figure out who she is. Even though all of these things from my past, like my upbringing and, you know, being taught to be a good person no matter what and being brought up in a, in a very conservative way and, you know, as a Muslim woman at the time, like, you know, just the littlest interactions with a man are considered, you know, big. And so instead of looking at all of that and saying, that's why that happened to me, mm-hmm. I can say, even though all of that was true, it did not give someone the right to take advantage of it. I can't stop blaming my past on what someone chose to do to me. And that didn't come easily. That came after months and years, I would say, of at least two years of rebuilding, of just figuring out who I was. Like I talk in the Clarity Room about if your life were a blank canvas, what would it look like? If you wrote down right now exactly what your life looks like, down to what you wear and and how you speak and where you live and what relationship you're in and what things scare you and what things you consider are okay to do and what things just no you can't do them if you were to write them all out and say do i i agree with this remove the audience there is no audience do i at my core without everything i've been taught believe that this is the right way for me to live if no then cross it out and write something new rebuild that life draw out your own life that's what i had to do and that's what i'm i continue to do to this day i made so many changes and i wouldn't take one thing back i love that and i love how you even frame it like this is it's a journey, right? Mm-hmm. It's, you know, you've written many books and you're very, yeah. like, beautifully eloquent about your experiences. Um, and I think it's so important, though, to highlight that even with everything that you've done and all the work that you've done on yourself, it's like you're never done, you know? And no. then it becomes a new thing in your life. There was something that you said that, like, really hit me. 
about the past and the pain. And you've said about getting past, in order to get past the pain, I've got a great quote. Um, they meant something to you. Mm -hmm. It hurts because you believed them. It hurts because you saw a future with them, because you were vulnerable with them, because you spent so much time and energy on them. Of course, that's going to hurt. Is acknowledging the hurt then the biggest part of making sure uh, in order to get past it? Absolutely. You have to acknowledge it. What we do is we wait for people to acknowledge it. Like, yeah. I can't heal until she apologizes. Or I can't heal until he sees what he's done to me. Why? You know what you went through. You really don't need that acknowledgement. Why do we think we do? Because we believe they have a lot more power than we do over our current situation. Be honest with yourself. Honestly. Do you genuinely need... I'm not talking about issues that go to court and, you know, I don't want anybody to think I'm minimizing anything. Mm -hmm. But with, with things that aren't that big, do you really need the person who hurt you to tell you, I hurt you and I'm sorry and I feel awful that I did it? It's beautiful to get it, but do you need it? Do you not know how painful the pain was when you experienced it? Do you need them to tell you how painful oh. it was and give you permission to feel it? You don't need it. You want it. Because you believe your relief is going to come when they acknowledge what they put you through. And this is what I always say. Even if they do, you think it's going to take the pain away. But it doesn't because you still have to heal from that pain. What is their acknowledgement and apology going to do? It's not like a magic, you know, switch or button that just all of a sudden you're healed. You're still gonna be like, but why? You're still gonna, you're gonna hold on to it because you're, you're, you are not releasing the pain and the anger and the whatever it is that you're experiencing on the inside. You're not releasing it. You're putting all the power of, you, of your healing in their hands. So that's why, and I wrote about this in, in Sparks of Phoenix and in Welcome Home, the one who broke you cannot heal you. You have to heal you. You can't expect the person who broke you into pieces to bring those pieces and say, I'm going to put you back together. You can't do that. You can, but why would you choose to do that? Someone who has the power to destroy you and uses that power, why would you trust them with rebuilding you? I am speaking figuratively, but, but you need to hear it that way. Mm -hmm. Someone who had the power to destroy you, who chose to use that power. When you are vulnerable, you are open to injury. You are open to pain. That means you go into something knowing that someone has the power to destroy you, but you trust that they won't. You've given them that power. They've used that power. Why would you say, I'm going to give you that power again so that you could fix what you broke? <clears throat> no, you don't do that to yourself. That's not, that's what self-abandonment is. That's what saying, but if they don't welcome me into their home, then there is no other home that welcomes me. That's where the analogy of home comes back in because you're waiting for someone, you're telling someone do whatever 
just welcome me into your life. Yeah, and it's like they broke me so only they can fix me yes. versus I allowed them to break me, which means that I have the power now to make sure they don't, I yes. don't get broken yeah. again. You're not blaming the victim by saying that, Correct. but we absolutely give people the power to break us. The vulnerability is beautiful. It is what's needed for connection to happen. But vulnerability means, like I said, when I looked it up, when I was writing about it in Welcome Home, it is being open to injury. Mm -hmm. You're opening yourself up. You're opening your heart up. You're, you're opening yourself up in a way where someone knows so much about you and how you are as a person and what hurts you. And, and you're trusting that instead of them using that to break you, they're loving you and embracing you and being careful with, you know, the certain sensitive parts of you. Mm. So, yes, we give people the power to break us. Yes, we do. So do they. And, and it's, it's needed for relationships of any sort, not just romantic relationships mm. to happen. That trust that you could break me if you wanted to, but I trust that you won't. You give the power to someone to love you and you give the power to someone to break you. It's their choice with what they do. Okay, right? that's amazing. And is building the house, the foundation, allow you to, when you're in the moment, still be vulnerable? Because here's the thing. Absolutely. Is that I've been in my relationship with my husband for over 20 years and it is, I believe, fundamentally important that you are vulnerable with your partner. I, I, I honestly, and maybe this is just the naivety of my own and my fixed mindset, but I don't understand how you could have a beautiful, long-lasting relationship with someone if you are not vulnerable. Now, in saying that, though, when people are vulnerable and it's been used against them, most likely people then shut that part of them down. Because I see so much, so many people, friends of mine, they stop being vulnerable. Like, that's their answer to their next relationship. And mm -hmm. I'm like trying to tell them that's not the answer. Mm -hmm. This is the way I see it. <laughs> I have a really good answer for <laughs> you. <laughs> so basically you're living in um, protection mode. You're protecting yourself yeah. all the time, right? You are protecting yourself from potential harm instead of inviting into your life the people who deserve to be in your life you are you are in another way saying if i one more time give the power to someone to break me in some way and they do break me i, I can't handle it i can't do it so you're operating from a place of you really don't want this really bad outcome to happen so you're stopping all possibility that a good outcome will happen. Mm -hmm. So your power is not within you. It's within that bad possibility that could happen. Absolutely. And I always think of, you know, what if I, you know, jump, but what if I fall? But also what if I fly? It's like you're only focusing on the what if I fall, so I'm not going to jump mm -hmm. at all. So if you are constantly, you know, wearing that shield and saying, I'm not going to open up and be, be vulnerable because I've done that in the past and I've been hurt, then your power is with everyone that's behind that shield. Mm -hmm.
because you're telling them you can really hurt me and you're not even focusing on the people who will come up to you and hug you mm. and love you and care for you and this is a lot more beautiful than you know for people who are listening to this having allowing someone into your life who loves you that way is so much more worth it than living from a place of fear that you are not going to get this mm -hmm. living living from a place of fear not even that you're not going to get this beauty but that you might get the ugliness and the pain and the so you're basically walking around your life not being an active participant in it because you're just you're just protecting yourself that's all you're doing when i talk about boundaries and welcome home i say boundaries aren't about being in protection mode Boundaries are about knowing that what you have within is so valuable that you will not allow certain people to, you know, come near it or hurt it or whatever. Boundaries are, they stem from self-worth. They don't stem from, mm -hmm. I need to hide myself and cover from the world and, and, and I'm, I'm drawing this boundary so that you can stop your behavior. No, it's about, I'm drawing this boundary because... What I have within is so valuable and your behavior doesn't show that value. There's a big difference there. So it's the same thing for people who, you know, are, are living in, in defense mode their whole life. You are giving power to what you are shielding yourself from as opposed to giving power to yourself and to all of the beautiful experiences that could also happen mm. at the same intensity that the the bad things could happen, but you just have to allow yourself to open up to that. And if someone hurts you, okay. Why aren't you able to overcome the pain? Like, why is, it, why is it so painful? What story does it tell you about yourself? Because for me, that story was, I don't deserve that, which I refer to in Welcome Home as home. When I, I share that story of when I was a little girl and I'm sitting in, you know, the room upstairs and my cousins are opening gifts and I'm thinking... Why, why can't I have that love, being embraced, feeling like I belong somewhere, feeling like I fit in somewhere? That story happened when I was less than 10 years old, and it continued. That's what made me change everything about myself in terms of, you know, if, if I knew what criteria were required to belong in a place, I would mold into that. Instead of walking into that place as I am, and again, I didn't even know who I was. I'm like, okay, that's what I need to be mm -hmm. to be to please that person and to 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 be worthy of love or or attention or welcoming by that person. So that's what I'm going to do. So I wasn't being loved and welcomed and respected and you know seen as worthy. It was the image I manufactured based on what I believed they wanted to see, <laughs> right? And that was because. I believed I, I did not deserve to be welcomed and held on to. And until I healed that, I didn't break that pattern in my adult years. So why are you so afraid of feeling pain? If vulnerability is in your mind, definitely going to lead you to pain. Let's say it will. Why are you so afraid of feeling that pain? Like, what does it tell you about yourself? Heal that. And once you heal that, you heal you 
and you're able to be you. So now that when you figured that out and you realized it came from my childhood and these moments that have just stuck with me, right? It's crazy, girl, how much we can just say, oh yeah, 30 years ago, one time one person said this to me and it ends up changing the whole way that we feel about ourselves for the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. So understand that this is an issue for you, that this was a lot of things that stand, that this is a trigger. What were the first things that you had to do to then unwire that trigger? The first thing I remember is allowing myself to be alone and feel whatever I needed to feel. Like when I first realized, and this was two, a little bit over two years ago, right before I wrote Welcome Home. The moment I realized that that's where the pain stemmed from is, is believing as a child, I did not deserve home. I didn't deserve the feeling of home. And I cried and cried and cried because as a child, you don't know how to label something. You don't know how to, you just internalize it and you keep it there. As truth. Yes, as truth. And so, you know, and, and I was really, you know, well advanced in terms of how logical I was about life and emotions. And so there was this clash of who I was logically and, and, and on a mature level, but how I, you know, carried myself through life. It was from that belief that I will continue to work hard to get people to hold on to me because I don't deserve that. That's the subconscious belief that was there. And once it came into my conscience, I was like, okay, I, I right now don't believe that about myself, but clearly I did for the longest time. So I need to allow that eight or nine year old me to feel that pain and I need to right now with where I am in my life, empathize with her and speak to her the way I wish someone spoke to me then, right? And, and forgive myself now for, you know, allowing her to, to continue to, to live out that truth for so long. And not in a way that's like, you know, I blame myself, no, but, but I, I needed to forgive myself for abandoning myself for as long as I did because I believed that home was outside of me, anywhere outside of me, and that I needed to work really hard to be welcomed into it. So the first thing is feel it. Because when you were younger, you didn't. You internalized it as truth. You felt something, but you didn't know how to tell yourself, that's not true. You didn't know how to soothe yourself then. You didn't know how to, you know, practice self-care and self-love. You didn't know how to name it. You just, you literally internalized it as truth. And so you need to, you know, unlearn that. You need to get rid of that and be compassionate with the self of yours that acted from that. Yeah. So how do you not actually blame yourself? How do you not hold on to or beat yourself up? Because actually I heard you say, it's like when people are in bad relationships, 
especially if it's very toxic and you recognize it's a toxic relationship and you just stay with it because you want to fix them mm -hmm. or you know oh my god maybe i'm not working hard enough and then finally you leave how do you not beat yourself up about staying how do you not um hold on to that and um or not even hold on to you know the fact that for all these years you've been holding on to this notion that you weren't good enough mm -hmm. how do you let go of that because we all know that that doesn't serve you. That can't help you grow, right? That, w that will be the block for you to be able to get over it and change. Mm -hmm. But it's really hard because I think so many people stay in that place of beating themselves up. Mm -hmm. How did you not either not go there or get over it? Or judge yourself? Yeah. Yeah, because many people do. How yeah. could I have stayed for so long? How could I have allowed someone to speak to me that way repeatedly or treat me that way or... It's really self-judgment, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the way from my personal experience that I didn't go back to that place is even though I knew that in certain moments in the past, I knew better. I knew on a logical level what I deserved. I really did. And I would immediately after a certain interaction of accepting a lot less than what I deserved or maybe... You know, if, if someone had berated me in a certain way, spoken to me in a way that's really disrespectful, and I went back to that and put myself in that setting, I knew that I was doing the wrong thing. But I couldn't, I felt that I couldn't not try harder because that was the pattern I had followed and fallen into my whole life. So even though I knew that in certain moments I was aware this was wrong, I should not allow it to happen anymore, I had to tell myself, Nejwa, there was a reason that you kept going back. Mm. Maybe it was that you couldn't believe that someone could be so cruel and you, were, you thought that maybe if you changed them, maybe if they, you know, felt badly for what they were doing they will turn around and say I'm sorry and they would mm -hmm. in turn become a better person maybe this you weren't asking for abuse you weren't asking for someone to berate you you weren't asking for someone to lie to you you weren't asking for someone to speak to you in the most hurtful ways possible whatever it is you weren't asking for that. You were asking for love. And you were hoping that that's what you'll get. You were asking for respect and you were hoping that's what you'll get. So I would go back to those moments and say, it's, I, I genuinely wasn't going back asking for the worst case scenario. I, there was that hope that it would be the opposite. So that allowed me to be compassionate with myself and to, to show myself that empathy. And I know that at the end of the day, my hope was all good things. My hope was that things would turn around to be better. And also, I didn't see a life past this person or past this situation. Mm -hmm. But now I do. And just because I accepted it for so long, it doesn't mean that I have to accept it for the next 20, 30, or whatever years mm -hmm. of my life. Like people struggle with change and with walking away and with putting an end to something because they worry of like, that's just not who I am. I've accepted it for so long. I know myself. No, you have the power to right now say, 
my life is changing. It's not going to be okay with many people. I'm going to be uncomfortable. I've always taken the path of that led me away from myself and towards someone accepting me or proving to me that I deserve love or validating me. I've always taken that path. Mm -hmm. So taking a new path that I don't know where it's going to lead me, the path to myself that's scary and dark and it's going to show me things about myself, like what I told you earlier in the interview, like there are certain manipulative aspects and toxic aspects that I'm going to have to come to terms with. I've never taken this path before. It's going to be hard. But just because that path is familiar and this new path is new and I might relapse and I might come back mm -hmm. and I might, but it doesn't mean it's not worth a shot. It doesn't mean I, I will continue to take the path that takes me down a road that leads me to the same ending every single time, which is you are not worthy. You don't deserve this or you don't deserve that or you're not good enough. You know that ending. Try making a new one, you know, but you can't make a new ending taking the same path. One of the things I wrote about in Welcome Home is stop trying to change the ending of the story to change what it means about you. You want to keep going to the same place that keeps giving you the same thing, hoping for a different result. It's not going to happen. The ending itself is not what you need to change. The storyline is what you need to change. And that's in your hands. I could like honestly keep going. I think we've barely even touched on like a one chapter of your book. Um, where can people find you? Where can people find this amazing book? And all of the good I'm stuff? everywhere on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, everywhere, YouTube, uh, just Nejwa Zabian. And um, Welcome Home is available wherever books are sold. Amazing. Guys, guys, I'm such an Audible fan. And when I say she reads it herself and she gets like emotional, like she really pours her heart and soul into the audio version. So if you're like me and you want to Audible, go check it out, but also get the physical. And if you're not following me, guys, follow me at Lisa Billiou. And if you're not subscribed in this show, brought you some value, please, please do click that subscribe button. And until next time, guys, be the hero of your own life and welcome home. Yes. Peace out. Working to be confident and freaking badass can be very difficult. Now, I get it, guys. I get it. Kicking ass and taking names takes energy. But when it comes to micronutrients, you're like, wait, how much vitamin B do I need? It can be a daily freaking struggle to figure out and meet that perfect nutrition balance that you need to feel strong, focused and energized, which, of course, are all the things you need to become a freaking confident badass. So it's time to arm your body with every nutrient it absolutely deserves with AG1. Now, if you're a long-time listener, you might know that I've actually been supporting AG1 for many years now. And that's because AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. So if you want to take ownership of your life, that actually means you have to take ownership over your health. And it all starts, guys, with AG1. So, guys, go and try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go now to drinkag1.com slash Lisa. That's drink. 
ag1.com slash Lisa. Go check it out. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What up, my homie? First, I just want to actually thank you. Like from the bottom of my heart, sincerely, absolutely thank you for your support, your support for me, your support for the show, Women of Impact. Like you have no actual idea how much this really means to me when I had that original vision of what I wanted to do and no one was listening. So thank you. Thank you for being here and actually supporting other women along this journey. And I'm going to be honest, if you actually want to level up your confidence game, my homie, then check out Women of Impact's subscription channel. It's specifically designed to help you in every aspect that you're looking for. Now, here's what you get. You get new episodes delivered ad-free. You get exclusive access to listen to Women of Impact roundtable discussions, weekly motivation, previously unreleased episodes, and that's just the beginning. Subscriber only access to an additional four podcasts with hundreds of archived Women of Impact episodes meticulously, meticulously curated into theme playlists and updated weekly so that you get the dose that you need. So if you're looking to boost your confidence, then go and check out the Get Confidence playlist. If you want to repair, heal or start a relationship, then go check out Love Lab. And if you're wondering how you get your health back on track so that you can keep showing up to have the confidence that you're looking for, then go check out Health Hub. And of course, this wouldn't be complete without my weekly boost of mini motivations from moi. That's right, it will have you strutting down the street with your head held high, feeling like a freaking badass. And guess what the playlist is called? the badass boost of course so guys don't settle for mediocrity when you can absolutely be extraordinary so guys subscribe to women of impact channel today on apple Podcasts or supercast but no matter where you're listening guys whether it's apple Podcasts, spotify amazon music or any other platform make sure you're following so you don't miss out on other episodes and don't forget to check out the show notes for more information on this episode our incredible sponsors and upcoming events